0: Tools for Living, Room to Grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 55. Well, before COVID hit, (laughs) I used to in a former life travel and speak to women's groups and, and conferences and retreats and I just loved it. It was especially my favorite part was the chance to meet young women who were passionate about Jesus and just wanted to use their gifts for him. You know, often I've thought I'd love to have all of them on the podcast because I know you'd be so blessed by their stories, but I just kind of felt led by the Lord to call my friend Rachel Dodge and ask her if she would join us today. We're going to talk about her writing journey and and the, the kind of twisty, windy way that God took to get her where He has her today, but we're also going to talk about trusting God in all the areas of our lives and the importance of cultivating our friendship with Him. Rachel Dodge is just a beautiful young woman, a beautiful author, multi-talented woman, but most of all, she's a Jesus-hearted girl. And I am so happy to have you on The Living Room. Welcome, Rachel.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you today.
0: Well, we met uh, in 2017 at a Mount Hermon's Christian Writers Conference, and you were there because God had just started just tapping you on the shoulder about doing some writing and you know of all of the people there you were you were pretty qualified I mean after all you're you're an English professor a literature professional professor
1: is that true yeah I teach college English classes and literature classes so yeah I came to Mount Herman it was kind of my second... My second uh, Christian Writers Conference and that whole last year, the Lord had been stirring my heart. You know, I'd been doing a lot of writing and all sorts of literary work for years, but that last year before I came, the Lord had started stirring my heart that He wanted to take me into a new area of writing. And I just remember consecrating my writing to the Lord one day after church, just asking one of the pastors to pray over me, and I said, I just want to dedicate all my writing to the lord and let him do what he wants to do with it. And so that's what brought me to that conference where I got to meet you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know, it was just it's just been interesting kind of journey journeying with you because you had actually turned in a manuscript for a children's book and I was just mm-hmm. so impressed with your writing we had a chance to talk. But then it was it's just been fun to watch your journey because what you thought you were going to write didn't actually turn out to be what you ended up having published, at least yet. And you know, I think so many times when we feel God stirring our hearts, we sort of have an idea. Okay. Well, this is how it's going to happen. And it's all going to unfold. It's just going to unfold exactly how I imagine it and really quick. <laughs> Has it been like that for you?
1: Oh gosh. No. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, it's so funny. I was thinking about this before we, um, you know, started today. I was thinking, you know, so much of my journey, and all of us can probably relate, so much of my journey seems really clear and obvious now, looking back on it. But at the beginning, it was completely confusing. And for me, really, it was that the Lord had put on my heart this wonderful little children's chapter book, and I'd written it and had worked through it with a few editors and was kind of ready to take it to some conferences and meet with people. And so I went there just thinking, I'm here for the children's workshops, you know, children's publishing workshops. I need to learn about children's publishing. And the story that I wrote, I love and I hope it will get published someday, But when I was there, the Lord had something else that He was starting to do. And really, He was bringing together a lot of things that were probably in the making, probably since I was really young, but specifically, probably the decade leading up to that, which is I had been doing a lot of work with um, Jane Austen. And at the same time, a lot of work with devotionals on my blog and doing a lot of, um, you know, Bible study and all of this stuff that was just, you know, spiritual. And then the other side, literary. And then Mount Hermon is when the Lord started to put those pieces together and showing me, I'm going to have you right at the intersection of faith and fiction, taking your love for the classics and your love for the Lord and the Bible and put those two together.
0: Yeah. And it's so, it's so beautiful how it works. You know, I think, I think that's the thing that sometimes we feel like we've got all these different pieces and we don't see how it's going to happen, but God has this divine pathway. So tell us, how did it unfold?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, really, for for years leading up, I just had this sense that the Lord was stirring something in me, and I had this feeling like there was something in me that needed to come out or something I needed to do, but I didn't know what it was. And in those 10 years, I really wasn't just total mom land. I was teaching part-time at the college still, but just mostly in that world of being a mama and having babies and being exhausted and not having a moment to myself or really any time for anything outside of just, you know, really just being a mom and a wife and and trying to love the Lord and follow Him as best I could. And and so in those years, I I do remember there were times where the purpose for me was right in front of my face to, you know, love and care for my kids and do all of that. But I kept sensing there's there's something else. There's something else the Lord... Is like preparing me for. And, you know, it did take a very long time. There were little glimpses along the way now that I can look back and see, you know, the day I stood there thinking, it would be so cool to write a devotional someday. And then I kind of tossed it aside, going, yeah, right. You have to be like super famous to do that. (laughs) Um, And just other little moments along the way. Um, And then I was, I was at the same time um, speaking at a lot of different. Little like teas and library events and things like that around the area where I live, always about Jane Austen and other literary, you know, authors. And, you know, I would sometimes sit there and think, I love reading and writing about the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. And yet every opportunity that comes is to talk about Jane Austen. And I would wonder, (laughs) what are you doing with this, Lord? (laughs) And, you know, for those listening, in the end, the Lord brought together those two two desires and passions of my heart in a beautiful way. And when I met Joanna, we were sitting and talking, and she just you know was talking about my children's book, and she said, "Well, tell me about this Jane Austen stuff you do." And I gave her you know, my little spiel and told her what I'd been working on. And she said, why don't you write something about Jane Austen's faith? And I said, well, okay, that's been done. You know, a lot of people have done it and I don't know what new I could write. You know, I can't write anything new about Jane Austen. It's all been done. Um, but as we sat there, I remember Joanna, you and I sitting in that little cafe and I remember I feel as though I leaned forward and you did too. And I just said, she has prayers, and I've always thought, wouldn't it be neat to write something about her prayers? Mm. And I remember you, Joanna, just going, "That's it, Rachel. That's that's it." You know, we both are going. Something just clicked, and so fast forward. Um, when I came home from that conference, the Lord would not let that go. I knew I was supposed to explore Jane Austen's prayers, and as I did, He showed me it was going to be a devotional book, and so I started to put that together and. Joanna, you are a great help with even getting that together and putting together a proposal. Um, and in the end, the product was uh, my first book, which is Praying with Jane, 31 Days Through the Prayers of Jane Austen.
0: Yeah, and it's so beautiful. I it's it's just so um, even for those who maybe don't know a lot about Jane Austen. But if you you um, have ever heard of Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility, that those were all written about Jane. And Jane was had a unique slant because she was a pastor's daughter. She was a woman of faith, and so I love how you bring the history and all these things that you've been learning over the years about Jane and then the Word of God and it is and also just this very very much an intimacy from your own life that mm-hmm. you somehow just beautifully entwine all of those and I just love love that little devotional and and I think you know what you let God. Have what you have. I think of Moses when God said, what's in your hand? (laughs) Mm. You just gave him what was in your hand. And I love, love how God just takes those things and then uses them in ways that we would have never dreamed. Um, You know, one thing I, as I'm sitting here listening to your story, I'm realizing, oh my goodness, I have some real parallels in my story as well. Mm. I went to Mount Hermon with a whole nother book, uh, as a proposal that um that honestly i really hoped wouldn't be published <laughs> I think I've probably talked about it here on the podcast, but it was it was a, a workbook for churches and planning special events. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, I don't want to write this. But it was the vehicle that God used mm. to open the door to the other things. And so many times I think we're like, I've got this thing that I've got to do, and it's got to be this. <laughs> but if we'll say, Lord, have your way, He's much more creative than we are.
1: Oh, that's so true. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you said that because I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, he will, he just takes, you know, we just say, I I only have this, you know, these little, this few fish and a few loaves of yeah. bread. And then he does the rest when we just say, you can have it. I'll give it to you. I don't have much to give, but I'll give it to you. And it's always surprising. His journey is way better than the one we could try to imagine, right?
0: Oh my goodness, way better. you know and and in fact, I, I'm also another parallel that we share was I too had this real strong sense that God had something more for me. Now I was called to be a pastor's wife, like a divine call on my life, my one and only vision that I would be a pastor's wife. I love ministry. I love being a pastor's wife, but I was 30-ish. 32 years of age, and there was, had been for a while, just the sense of, God, is there something more? Mm-hmm. When the Lord began to point me towards writing, and it was the last thing I ever thought I would do. You know, you, you are equipped for it. I'm not. And I think of that girl out there that's going, I think there's something more, but I don't, I don't know how to discover it. I don't know how to get from where I am to where God wants me to be. What advice would you give her?
1: I really I I really can relate to that because I, you know, we could say, yes, in some ways I was equipped for this, but in other ways, it was kind of just a natural process. You know, I think some of the fitting that God did for me for this task of writing devotional books was my daily Bible reading, my prayer time, my prayer journaling, um, showing up to women's Bible study. Week after week, exhausted with a baby who didn't want to go to the nursery. And, you know, I had to leave and go nurse and all these things that, you know, I look back and they were so tiring and hard. Um, And of course, there were good things too, but, you know, some of those things were difficult and took um, a lot of, I guess, sacrifice and work. Though I don't know if it's even a sacrifice. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm desperate for the Lord and I needed him so, so much that I really clung to him. And, women's ministry and things, small groups and things like that, where I could be with other women. And I think that all of that, the Lord just started to use because my heart was for him and for his word and for encouraging other women. And so, you know, during those years when I didn't know what it would look like, I just kind of did what was on my heart to do in the meantime, I guess. So I would say that's my advice, you know, just keep digging into the word, keep Keep doing the things that you are just on your heart. The Holy Spirit will show you, you know, if you just have a heart for compassion for your neighbors and cooking for the elderly or whatever it might be, and you don't know exactly what God wants you to do with it, but just do what He might show you to do today, and then I think He takes all those little pieces of those puzzles and starts to fit them together over the years.
0: Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. So there's a whole nother, uh parallel to our story as well, because... That is the path that God took me on. Was I I had really a burning desire to speak to women. And so I was thinking that would be the doorway that I would be on the stage speaking. But instead, God God just gave me some marching orders as a young pastor's wife with that burning passion. And and it was just this deepen the message, let God broaden the ministry. Ooh. And I realized that I was not very deep, <laughs> and you know, even though I'm a I'm a God girl, I've been raised in the church. I, my discipline to be in the Word and and to really have a, a daily quiet time was just so hard. That's been, if I have any qualifications to speak to women, it's that I'm a fellow struggler, <laughs> and so <Right. laughs> it has been this journey of of growing in my walk with him. And I think sometimes when we have such a heart to do something for God, it's easy to get the cart before the horse. Hmm. And, and then sometimes we can feel frustrated because we're like, here I am, God, I want to do something for you. And you're not opening any doors. Yes. <laughs> and and he's saying, it's because I want to do something in you before I do something through you. That's Right and i and i love i'm so glad he chose that way because you know what he, if he broadens our ministry before we allow him and work on deepening his, the message we're going to be about an inch deep mm-hmm. and we're not going to have a whole lot to share so but i'm i'm like you you know i i drug myself to bible studies you know i <laughs> I laughed that I was probably, oh my goodness, I I bet I was close to 50 years of age before I actually fully finished a Beth Moore Bible study. <laughs> and I'm a pastor's wife, you know, but it was just that refusal to stop showing up, that refusal right. to not to not just throw up my hands and say, well, I can't do it perfect, so I'm not going to do it at all. What was the journey like for you? How did the Lord begin to deepen your walk with him?
1: I I really think that it at times it really is when we're going through hard things and trials and difficulty and you know when things don't seem clear and the doors won't open no matter how many you knock on or how often you knock and you keep thinking, "Okay, Lord, you said if I kept knocking you would you know you would open the door and almost like you said, kind of wanting to make things happen before it's the time for them to happen and one thing the Lord has been impressing on my heart even now in this season is that he can't take us to a place that he hasn't prepared for us yet and hasn't prepared us for and you know so there was times there were many times I think where I really I feel like my my desire to know the Lord more and to be in the Word, um, some of it was from, like I said, kind of desperation, feeling like he's God is my lifeline. Bible study showing up on Thursday mornings is a lifeline. Like there's gonna be some women there who understand what it's like and can pray for me and encourage me and might be my only outing this week, you know. <laughs> so yeah. that was that but I remember very clearly though, um, probably I was just a newlywed, probably 18 years ago or so. I was sitting in my pastor's wife's, um, living room, actually, for a little Bible study. We were reading through the one year Bible. So reading the Bible in one year and I didn't understand any of it, any of it. And she and another, uh, leader that she had with her, they both were just teaching us every week, helping us understand it. But I remember she said once, I just love God's word. I love Mm -hmm. it so much. I just adore it. And her passion for God's word and her love for it was so evident that i remember just thinking i don't feel that way <laughs> i i don't have that like i like i try to read and i want to read and i want to know more and i remember the thing that lord showed me to pray and i just started praying it and it's pray it's a prayer that he will never not answer i just started praying lord will you help me fall in love with your word yeah and he did he did that work over the next few years. And then even now there's times where I feel a little dry and I'll say, Lord, would you deepen my love for your word and for, you know, for your son, Jesus, but just to get into the word for it to be alive and fresh. So, I mean, all of those years I, you know, I went like you, you know, we've all been through trials and tribulations, um, you know, times where my husband's work was un- uncertain times when we didn't know how we are going to pay the bills, Um, you know, losing loved ones. Um, I know for me, I've shared with you, Joanna, you know, one of my hardest things, um, was actually having a miscarriage at 16 weeks between my two precious babies. And so, you know, those types of things for me are when I just clung to the Lord. And I think that's when he really deepens our relationship with him and our, and our belief that his word is true and we can hold on to it. So, You know, I know that the Lord does teach us through every season and good and bad with there's so much we can learn from him and store up when, especially in good seasons to store it up. Um, but I think going deep a lot of times for me has been actually in the, in the trials where I've, I've gone really deep with the Lord. Oh, I totally
0: agree. And isn't it funny? It's the very thing that we want to escape that we (laughs) don't want to go through. You know, it's, I, I, I've just been experiencing it in this last two years of writing and just absolutely desperate for him, for him, but also for his help because I really have learned that without him, I can do nothing. And hmm. that is a gift. I can look at it as kind of a curse, like, oh, I can't do anything, but, or I can just go, ah. But through him, I can do all things. So I love that the Lord, he uses it all. You know, the enemy takes it. He goes, I'm going to take Rachel out. I'm going to destroy her with this issue. Mm-hmm. And God goes, no, I'm going to draw her close. I'm going to tend her heart. I'm going to reveal my love. I'm going to do things that could have never been done in the light. I'm going to meet her in the dark. And that's that to me has been probably the most precious times as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. Beautiful, can you give us just a little glimpse of what that looks like for you in your quiet time i'm sure it it differs from time to time, but um, I know there are just things that the lord spiritual disciplines that the Lord has used in my life to deepen my walk. Would you mind sharing yours?
1: Yeah, so I have like I said, you know, I started reading through the one year Bible when I was a newlywed and you know, it came kind of from a desire to know everything that was in God's Word, because I would hear people say, well, you know, the Bible says this. And I'd go, does it? I don't even know. You know, I know the, the good parts or whatever, you know, the popular parts that we hear on a Sunday maybe about, you know, I've gone through the Gospels, I've read most of the New Testament, I've read some of the old. And I remember just thinking, I want to read the whole thing. I want to know what it says. And so that started my journey, I would say, to a deeper um, just devotional time, my own quiet times. And uh, along the way, I know a lot of it, too, is just, you know, crying out to the Holy Spirit to give me understanding and to stir up my heart. You know, I pray regularly for personal revival as I read, you know, that personal time with Jesus and that it would be very alive and special because it it is. Hard at times, you know, it isn't always just, whoa, that was amazing. Sometimes it's okay, I read it and I don't know if anything sunk in, but I'm just gonna trust the Lord, you know, is is doing a work here. But, you know, I found that praying regularly for the Lord to deepen that time, He does answer that prayer. Um, and then, you know, something that's been kind of neat, and you know, some people listening might think, Oh my gosh, reading the one-year Bible or you know, the Bible in a year. There are many plans out there, many different ways to do it. You can do it in two years or four years, or whatever the Lord leads you to read um, But I would just say for me, the cornerstone of my of my personal devotional life is is Bible reading and taking notes, underlining circling. Mm -hmm. Um, prayer obviously is a big part of it. And that I would say for me has been really sweet this last year because I kind of broke into, I guess, a new spiritual discipline for me. And it's been very, it's, it's made my, made me look forward to my quiet times more than ever. And I would say it's been after, I would say a dry season for a few years of kind of like, I'm reading my Bible and I'm doing my thing, but you know, it's just, just feels a little dry at times. And so last fall, I started to ask the Lord, just revive my heart, revive my spirit, mm-hmm. refresh me in your word. And I started a little journal with my Bible time. And and some people might think, oh, I've tried that and I have to. So I have to share this because it has meant so much to me in my time with the Lord. So my my little journal that I keep, I, w- I would say it's a prayer journal or it's just conversations with God. <laughs> It sometimes could be a list. I could say, Lord, these are the things on my heart today that are just causing me so much stress. And I can hardly concentrate on your word right now. And just list out all the things that are on my heart that morning or, um, prayers for my kids. You know, Lord, just be with, you know, be with my daughter today when she has to talk to that teacher. And I know she needs favor. You know, I'm writing them out and then I'll write down verses that I, that really stand out to me once I get into my Bible reading. But that has kind of started to help me get into my devotional time because I feel like I'm having this little conversation with the Lord and it feels warm and personal and sweet. And I get a lot of that junk, that chaos in my mind out on paper in whatever form it comes out. And then I feel like my mind is a little more clear to read my Bible. And I feel like I can hear from the Lord a lot better. Kind of gives me like more clarity, I guess. And That has been really sweet new discipline for me because writing out my prayers helps me stay focused. And otherwise, you know, I'll pray for a few minutes, get distracted and move on. And so that has helped me to actually dig in a little bit more with the Lord. And it's awesome, you know, little side note, you can look back and go, Oh, look how He answered those prayers. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, that, that, exact practices revolutionized my walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. It was it was a tool that the Lord brought to me as probably uh, about a 30 year old woman of just not just reading the Bible for what it says, but actually letting, you know, having a conversation with the Lord, a holy dialogue. Mm -hmm. And and it's exactly the same, it's come for me the same where Sometimes the very first thing I do, especially if my heart's heavy, I just pour it out to the Lord. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be able to go to the Word until I get it out on paper. But the beautiful thing is, and not every day, but so often, you know, I've already poured out my heart. And then when I go to the Word and there's something there that speaks to that moment, I mean, that's when everything comes alive. That's like, I have got to have this. This is bread and breath yeah. and life and and yeah, there's a holy excitement because God showed up and and I want more of it.
1: Yeah, and when I and I've noticed too, I kind of have to chuckle to myself because when I look at like yesterdays and I see all the woes and things that were on my heart, oh Lord, help this with me with this and almost that kind of weeping and wailing we can do and just the the heaviness that we feel and the burdens we're carrying and we're trying to just cast our cares onto the Lord. And then I'll look back at yesterday's or the day before and go, he already helped me. He walked me through all of that. Oh my word, it's amazing.
0: That's it. That's it. We're keeping a record of our journey. And I do want to say to those of you listening who are like, of course you too journal because you're writers. Well, (laughs) I've told you before I am a reluctant writer my mother hardly gets birthday cards so so you know um it's not something that came naturally to me but boy when I brought it into the spiritual realm it's been so precious and it's just between me and the lord it's not about anybody else and I think it's almost it's like capturing is a tangible thing where where like, like you too often it would be kind of intangible and it doesn't have to be pages and pages. It can just be, this is the portion I read. This is the thing that spoke to me and this is how it spoke. You know, this is the verse that spoke to me and this is how it spoke Mm -hmm. that it's a record of my journey with the Lord. And it's not, it's become more regular, but boy, when I first started out, you know, (laughs) <laughs> I'd be embarrassed to show people my journals because there would be huge blocks of time. Not that I hadn't talked to the Lord or ever read His Word, but but where I actually recorded it. And now it's built a rhythm and um, a a holy habit. You know that I don't have to force myself. It's just become kind of part of my life. Has that has that worked that way for you as well?
1: Yeah. It. It feels like I get to sit down and chat with Jesus, you know? It's just that like, okay, I'm going to sit down and just pour it out. And my journals are not super tidy and neat and perfect. I don't worry about how I'm writing, you know, it's not just for anyone who might feel intimidated by that or anything. I just write, I scribble. It could be sometimes you can't even read what I'm writing because I'm just <laughs> scribbling along and my handwriting's terrible and I just don't I just can't care about that because it's, it doesn't matter to the Lord. He knows. Right. And it's like my hands just trying to keep up with my thoughts. And I feel like I can just be really honest with the Lord in those times and that, you know, I, like I said, sometimes it's a bullet pointed list of Lord, I'm lifting this stuff up to you today. And I just list it out. I was like, here it is, Lord, and laying it before him. And then, you know, even just a short prayer, Lord, I'm, this is so heavy. I don't know how to get through all this. Will you order my day for me and show me the next thing I should do, you know, when you feel overwhelmed. And, you know, I just, I do keep it simple. Some days it's one little portion. Other days I have a lot on my mind. I might go on and on for a while.
0: <laughs> right. I love it. I love it. One of the things that I also do um, that kind of brings us back to, to devotions, God has used devotions in my life. And so if something speaks, you know, I read the word and then I go to the devotion that I'm using. And if something speaks, I'll even write that down. And yeah. th- I love how your both of your devotionals just are so beautiful. They're just lovely to look like, look at, lovely to hold. But you have scripture and you have personal application, and um, prayer, and then another scripture. Just, just this wonderful little journal. I mean, a wonderful little companion to our quiet time with the lord how has god used devotionals in your life
1: i it's fun fun to talk about devotionals because i don't think i read any devotionals the first like when i first became a christian in college and you know sometimes i think back and go man that might have helped me because i would just sit down with my bible and i was brand new to it all and i i was going to you know a bible study and so i was learning but you know just to pick up your bible every morning and read when you're a brand new christian i'm going okay, I get some of this and some of it, I don't know what's going on and trying to ask people questions. And so I think, you know, once I started to read devotional books, you know, I've loved that as, as you said, like a companion to my, my time with the Lord and a companion to my Bible time, because, you know, devotional almost feels like a little bit of a warm up or something, you know, that it just, it it gets to the heart of some little part of life that usually just is amazing to me. You know, you can open and go, Okay, how did the Lord, you know, orchestrate this so that when I opened this today on, you know, October 13th, you know, it happened to be exactly what I needed to hear from the Lord that day. And so, I mean, I just think devotionals are a really lovely companion because so often the Lord does speak just right directly to my heart, you know, with just one scripture. So it kind of simplifies things. And an application that really helps me to delve into and reflect on that scripture. And, you know, I'm the first to say there's days where I'll read, you know, if I have a devotional that I'm reading, there's days that I go, man, eh, that didn't do as much for me. And I keep going. It's okay. And the next day, maybe I'll open it and go, oh, glad I opened that one today, you know, because it's just what I needed. And, you know, I think for, especially for people who are, you know, first getting into having their own quiet time that... It can be great to even just open with reading a devotional book and then maybe go to the Bible and spend some time there once you've kind of had that little warm-up time.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, I'm sitting here looking at your newest devotional, The Anne of Green Gables devotional. And um, and the subtitle is A Chapter-by-Chapter chapter Companion for Kindred Spirits. And I, I just somehow it connected in my heart where, where you talk about asking the Lord to change our hearts to give us a hunger for Him. You know, the beautiful thing about Jesus is He is the ultimate kindred spirit. That's right. (laughs) He knows exactly the struggle we face. He lived in our flesh. He knows the busyness. He knows the distractions. And so to just call out to Him and say, Lord, I want to want You more. Lord, change the desires of my heart. Make me hungry for Your Word. And oh, I'll tell you what, I think, I think we so often forget that that's exactly what Jesus came to do is Mm -hmm. to give us a new heart and a new spirit. And I love that. I love that. Well, you wrote about Jane Austen and some of her her prayers, but your most recent one is about Anne of Green Gables. And I, if, if you're, boy, I think almost every girl has been exposed to Anne of Green Gables, and if you're kind of like uh, Rachel and I, oh my goodness, Anne, Anne with an E. <laughs> we love her. What sort of what sort of big takeaways did you get from working on this project?
1: Oh, man. You know, I grew up with Anne Shirley and, you know, Marilla and Matthew and Diana Barry and Gilbert Blythe. I mean, I remember watching the movies over and over with my parents. I remember Mm -hmm. the day they said, we have a movie for you. You are never going to be the same. You're going to love it, you know. And just watching those on PBS, you know, and I was enthralled I just felt like I could relate to Anne so well <laughs> and uh, then as a you know as I grew up you know I read the books and over and over of course you know they're just so rereadable and so comforting and so you know after I had written the Jane Austen uh, devotional and I was you know just kind of brainstorming through some ideas for a, a second book and you know I just remember praying and I just remember just thinking you know, if there's one one book that i would want to write about it's about anna green gables and the reason is that not only does she have a spiritual journey in the book you know she write she she has you know learns to pray and goes to church and and finds a spiritual mentor in mrs allen and just it's really sweet that the spiritual uh journey she takes but i've always been so touched by her journey as a little girl who was orphaned and alone and longing to belong to someone and be part of a family. And when she comes to Green Gables, she she finds that everything she's always wanted there. And so the story for me has always been had a little bit of that um a Jesus story to it, you know, Jesus element that every every person knows what it's like to feel alone or at times even rejected or abandoned, maybe left out. And The, you know, when you look at Anna Green Gables and then you tie that to just what our relationship with the Lord, I mean, it's a beautiful picture of adoption and belonging because when we get to know Jesus, we get to be part of God's family and we become his adopted daughters and sons, co-heirs with Jesus. And we belong to him. And I think that is something we all want so badly. We long for a loving father. We long to belong. And so for me, writing the book um, is so many of those beautiful moments between Anne and Matthew and Anne and Marilla just are such a beautiful parallel to um, just God's love for us and the way that He draws us to Him and delights in us. And all of those moments spoke so much to my heart as I wrote I love that. I love that. One of the beautiful
0: things is that in the back you have discussion questions that you can also work through as you read the devotional, but also you have a little uh, supplement for kids. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So on my website, I actually do on racheldodge.com, I actually have a little What would you call it? Like a little booklet, I guess, that you can download and print. And it actually even has illustrations, which are also in the book. And I wrote questions that were for younger Anne fans, young readers. So, you know, maybe that age group that where mom is reading the book to the kids. And then so you could go through the Anne of Green Gables devotional with young. Young children and, you know, my daughter's 13 and my son is eight and my husband's actually reading it with them now, which is super cute. <laughs> and, you know, they love it. My daughter has read the books and just perfect age for it. Um, you know, and then all the way up through, you know, us, those of us who are just nostalgic adults, it's, it's perfect for, you know, any age. But those, um, those questions that I have online are a little bit more tailored toward younger readers and young kids and just where they're at and where, what they could get out of um, each chapter.
0: That's beautiful. And I think it's a great opportunity to mentor our kids in daily devotions, just kind of pausing and thinking about the Lord. Because everything points to Jesus, looking at Scripture and and showing them that the Bible can come alive. So I, I hope that you guys will visit Rachel's site and uh, learn more about her writing and her ministry. What else uh,
1: are you working on? Any new devotionals? So I am... Working on I do I am working on a new devotional. I can't say the title quite yet, but it's sure. another devotional similar to the Anna Green Gables devotional, um, where I go through a classic book, chapter by chapter, taking out those like faith lessons that we can we can glean. And so, you know, the way I set up the Anne book is so that each chapter of the book has an accompanying chapter in the devotional book. So you could essentially read Anna Green Gables. And you know, read Chapter One, and then read Chapter one of the devotional book, and I take just one moment or one quote from the book that is kind of the focal point of that of that chapter, and I weave in scripture and I weave in uh, time of prayer and personal reflection, and so I'm doing that now with another uh, classic book that I think people will love I hope will love um, so another one of those books that you kind of grow up with and you just love as a child and you love even more as an adult
0: that's beautiful. So, what is the Lord talking to you about lately?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. Uh, I really, you know, He's really been speaking to me a lot about hope. Um, Just realizing that going through 2020, I know for all of us, had a lot of, a lot of uh, ups and downs, a lot of unsettled things. Um, There's a lot of unknowns in, I think, in a lot of our lives. Uh, But speaking for myself, I'm personally just have so many unknowns. And I think it's hard sometimes when we can't, we can't look forward and plan things. We can't, we don't know what's coming next. And I think it's easy to get discouraged sometimes. And without, you know, we're not, we're trying to stay encouraged, but you know, sometimes you just get kind of low spirits going, okay, I don't know what's happening next month. I I can't plan ahead. I have no idea if we'll be doing anything, you know, for summer planning or any of that, it's kind of an interesting season. Um, And then just personally, you know, with my family, we've had some of our own changes that happened this last year. And there's a lot that's it's up in the up in the air. And every time my husband and I sit down and chat and pray together, we always come back to we always say now we say it's like the dreaded four letter word, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like everywhere we turn the answer is wait. It's not yes, it's not no, it's wait. And so in the waiting, I think the Lord is just showing me, one, that my hope is in Him alone. And just to keep my eyes focused on Him, you know, that narrow, the narrow gate, just stay on that narrow path. Let Him hedge me in with His love, His protection, His Word, His encouragement, Um, digging in with my personal time in, in the Word. And then also just really the importance of Having fellowship during this time, you know, some of us maybe aren't able to see friends or go to church as much as usual. Um, but I'm just noticing the Lord is showing me, I need you to go wherever you can go and in whatever way you can get some fellowship. It is part of how we're made. You know, you think of in Acts when the, the disciples are meeting in meeting together, you know, the early church, what did they do? They, they were, uh, you know, they were committed to reading the apostles' doctrine. You know, they were reading the word, then they were fellowshipping. They were enjoying the Lord's Supper together and they were praying. And I just keep thinking out of those four things, two of them are things we do together. You know, all of them we can do together, but fellowship, we need fellowship and we need human contact. We need you know, just to to have our spirits lifted a bit. And so I, for me this week, the Lord's been really showing me, you know, those times where I say, I just feel like I need to talk to a friend and feel kind of like, oh, I'm, you know, it makes you almost feel like, am I being weak? Or, oh, I'm so needy. It's like, no, God made us to need each other. And that when I talk to a friend who's discouraged and I start encouraging her and she starts encouraging me, we both come away With way higher spirits, way more hope, we've been able to infuse each other with courage and courage, infused, to put courage into each other. And so that's I think that's what the Lord's showing me right now is just to keep my hope focused on Him, get that encouragement, ask Him to encourage my heart when I feel Mm -hmm. discouraged and be in fellowship, be in the Word, be in prayer, and to to know that He will bring us through the season of kind of unknowns and waiting and that He is doing a work right now in the midst of it.
0: That's it. That's it. Well, and I'm reminded that everything we love in a good story (laughs) involves tension and the unknown. And so if we can trust the Holy Spirit that He's writing something beautiful, and all we have to do is just like you say— wait. And wait is not passive. It's an active faith. And so as we close, I would just love to have you pray for us, that uh, that each of us can find that, that place of peace and hope in Him and whatever the Lord would lead you to pray.
1: Okay. Yes, dear Lord, I do just lift up to you this Time that we've had to talk and to share. And I lift up to you every person who is listening. If they're listening in the next few months or even a few years from now, I know, Lord, that you can speak to our hearts exactly the message we need to hear and exactly at the right time when we need to hear it. And so I do lift up to you, Lord, every person who's listening, God, that you would speak to them personally, intimately, lovingly, Lord. Pray you'd lift any low spirits encourage where there's discouragement. Give hope where there's any type of sorrow or there's any kind of despair. Lord, help us to wait. If you're telling us to wait, Lord, for those waiting, I pray that you would strengthen them and show them what you have for them in the waiting time, that there's always people in the waiting room with us and we can encourage one another and minister to people in the waiting. Lord, I pray that you would stir up a passion in our hearts for you, Lord, and for your word. I pray for that person listening who just feels like their time in the word is pretty dry or is having trouble even wanting to open the word, Lord. And I just remember how many times you've encouraged my heart in those times to open the Bible and read even one verse. And that you can use that, Lord. And so I pray you'd encourage that person who's just struggling to open up the word and just read one verse. I pray you'd speak to them. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would inspire and lift our, lift our spirits. I pray your Holy Spirit would fill us and cover us, Lord. I pray that you would inspire the, those who are listening, Lord, that person who's wondering, what do you want me to do with this thing that I love to do? How can I use it to serve you, Lord? I pray that you would show the way. Um, I pray that you would do a great work and that you would remind each of us each day how we belong to you, that we are your daughters and you love us so much. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Don't you love Rachel's heart? I just appreciate her sensitivity to God and her availability, her willingness to serve God wherever He puts her, whether she's teaching college-level literature or cooking dinner for her family. All of it, you guys, all of it is worship. All of it is ministry. You can learn more about Rachel and her devotionals as well as some of the things she's learned about Jane Austen by visiting her website, racheldodge.com. But I want to ask you a question. What open doors have you been praying for? What, have you, what dreams have you been holding in your heart that, that you just think, will they ever come true? I just want to encourage you once again, press close to Jesus. Deepen the message and let Him broaden the ministry. As you stay surrendered and available before Him, He's going to use you in ways that you might not even be aware of he loves to take the little lad lunch that we place in his hands. I love you, my friend. I just want to encourage you today, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what you are doing, let's do it as all is unto the Lord, living and loving and leading like Jesus. See you next time.